the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God says he's going to consume them by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Those go together. War, famine, and pestilence or disease. They've got, they, they get no credit for this. No credit for all of the religious activity that they have going on. God, God is interested in the heart, right? Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. He wants our heart. He wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us just checking a box. He wants a relationship with us. Sometimes in the life of a Christian, it can be easy to just start going through the motions. Going to church on Sunday, going to a midweek Bible study, praying before each meal with no real intention, just doing what is usually done. Now, there's nothing wrong with all of those things, but what is the heart behind them? When you habitually thank God for your meal, are you actually thankful? Or is it just that you do? God sees and knows the intentions of the heart, so examine your rituals and see your intentions. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. consequences of this sin had a very, very far reach. And it impacted way beyond the scope that anyone would imagine it would impact. Not just the people of Judah, but even even creation itself, even uh, the animals, the wild animals, suffered the consequences and were impacted by the sin. And that, that's true. Our sin, when we sin... It not only affects us, and it not only impacts the people closest to us, quite often it has a reach far beyond what we even realize and impacts people way beyond what we realize. And at the same time, you know, repentance has the same effect. Repentance has the same effect. Our our sin has a far-reaching impact and our repentance has a far-reaching impact as well. Look at verse 7. Now here Jeremiah speaks to the Lord and he says, O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do it for your name's sake. Do it for your reputation. Your reputation's at stake, Lord. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. And Jeremiah says here essentially, Lord, you're right to discipline us. Our iniquities testify against us. Our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. Our discipline 
is deserved. Then he says, Oh, the hope of Israel, his savior in time of trouble. Why should you be like a stranger in the land and like a traveler who turns aside to tarry for a night? Why should you be like a man astonished, like a mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O Lord, are in our midst and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. Jeremiah appeals to God to not be a stranger in Judah or to leave Judah. Don't abandon us because of our sin. And wouldn't it be nice if the people of Judah prayed like this, right? It's only Jeremiah who's praying like this, who's pleading with God. Don't abandon us. Don't leave us. Don't forsake us. You're right. Your your discipline is right, but please don't, don't forsake us because of our sin. Verse 10, the Lord responds to Jeremiah's plea. Thus says the Lord to this people. Thus they have loved to wander. They love to wander and go after other gods. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their iniquity now and punish their sins. God says a Judah loves to wander. They love to go after other gods. They don't hold themselves back from sin. They have no restraint. And therefore the Lord does not accept them. You know, God desires us to be faithful. He desires us to be faithful to him. He desires us to restrain ourselves from sin. Uh, He desires that we have self-control. He gives us the Holy Spirit. So that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And as we walk in the Spirit, it says in Galatians 5, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a promise. We will not give in to the desires of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That we have control over our flesh. We have control over our sin. Our sin doesn't control us. We're no longer slaves to sins. You know, Jesus Christ broke the power of sin through the cross. So we're no longer slaves to sin. The cross sets us free from the power of sin. God desires self-control. God desires that we deny our flesh. He desires that we take up our cross daily and follow him and live a life that honors him. Verse 11, then the Lord said to me, do not pray for this people for their good. Now, this is the third time that God told Jeremiah not to pray for Judah, they're, they're beyond prayer at this point. Their, their course was set. The cement has dried. You know, God is omniscient. He knows they will not repent and change. He knows they're not going to turn back. So he says, don't pray. Now look at verse 12. He says, when they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings... I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. It's interesting to me that Judah, even though they've, they've wandered from God and they've gone after other gods, they've forsaken the Lord, they still continued to fast. I mean, think about that. They're still, they're still keeping a fast. They're still... Offering burnt offerings to the Lord. The burnt offering uh, 
it, it uh, is symbolic of total consecration to God. That's what it represents. When you would make a burnt offering, uh, which was a voluntary offering, it wasn't required. A burnt offering, you would put the whole animal on the altar. You didn't keep any of the meat back. The priest didn't receive any of the meat. The whole animal was consumed by the fire. And it was symbolic of you saying, I, I want to give everything to God. I want God to have everything. I'm not holding anything back for myself. Total consecration. And they're making burnt offerings. And, and they continued to make grain offerings. Uh, grain offerings were a way of acknowledging that everything that you have has come from God. That God has provided everything for me. And so when a person made a grain offering, that's what they were saying through that offering. is God, you've provided everything for me. Everything I have is from you. And the people were still making these offerings. This, this um, you know, total consecration. Everything I have is from you. And yet their hearts were far away from God. It was just empty religion. It was just empty ritual. It, it had no meaning behind it. No substance to it. It was just religious activity. And what they, what they assumed and the mistake that the children of Israel made is that they assumed that God would show them favor because of their religious activities. And that they could just kind of live however they wanted and do whatever they wanted as long as they remained religious, as long as they still kept up this outward religion and the ritual of it, then they believed that that pleased God and that God would not uh, judge them in any way. And there's people like that today, of course, that are just religious. They're religious people. And they live, you know, a very ungodly life, but they, they still, you know, they go to church on Sunday. And they're in church. Now, they might be hung over, but they're in church, right? And they think, well, if I'm in church, then God's, I'm going to win points with God. Because I showed up. I dragged myself out of bed and I got here. Right? But what you see here, what you see here is that the people of Judah received no credit with God for their religious ritual. God says he's going to consume them by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. And those go together. War, famine, and pestilence or disease. They've got, they, they get no credit for this. No credit for all of the religious activity that they have going on. God, God is interested in the heart, right? Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. He wants our heart. He wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us just checking a box. He wants a relationship with us. Verse 13, then I said, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. You know, Jeremiah wasn't the only one who claimed to have a message from the Lord. There were also false prophets around who also claimed to have a word from the Lord. 
and claimed to be prophets of God. And the message of the false prophets was the opposite of Jeremiah's message. The false prophets said, hey, we're, we're not going to see a sword or famine. God will give us peace. And the false prophets, they had a, they had a positive message compared to Jeremiah's message. And the false prophets told the people that they were okay, the way that they were living and what they were doing. Uh, he, he, the false prophets endorsed their sin. And of course, the false prophets were more popular. The people liked their message more than they liked Jeremiah's message of, of repentance and judgment. And so more people were drawn to the false prophets. It was a better sounding message. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. It was much more uplifting. It was much more encouraging. It was much more uh, palatable for the people. And the people were drawn to these false prophets and a false message because that false message allowed the people to continue in their lifestyle of sin. And that false message told them that God accepted them the way that they are. And they didn't need to repent. They didn't need to change anything about the way they were living or their lifestyle. You know, one thing that we see here is that there have always been false prophets. And false teachers. Going all the way back to the Old Testament. This is 2,600 years ago. And there were, there were false teachers who were preaching a lie. Who, who said that sin is okay. And that God accepts it. And that there's no judgment. And even back then, 2,600 years ago. Those who preached the truth of God's word. Were in the minority. And unpopular. Nothing's changed in 2,600 years. Those who preach the truth today are are disliked because of their message. It's unpopular, even though it's the truth. You know, A.W. Tozer said, We need preachers who preach that hell is still hot and heaven still real and sin still wrong And the Bible is God's word. And and I want you to see here in verse 15. Look at verse 15. God's real clear here. He says, I didn't send them. I didn't command them. I didn't speak to them. They prophesy a false vision that came from their own deceitful hearts and not from me. You know? Verse 15, that was verse 14, verse 15. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I do not send, and who say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed. That's the truth. 
the false prophets who spoke of peace and safety when they should have called the people to repent or face judgment. He says they're going to suffer judgment. And it it seems here that God has a, a special judgment for them, reserved for them by sword and famine. Those prophets shall be consumed. In the New Testament book of Jude, uh, Jude talks about false prophets and false teachers. He describes them as clouds without water and trees without fruit and wandering stars, meaning you, you, you can't use them for any kind of guidance. You can't navigate by what they're saying. And Jude says, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. In other words, God has a very special place in hell reserved for false teachers. The blackness of darkness is where they're going to go. Now look at verse 16. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the street of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. They will have no one to bury them, them nor their wives, their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness on them. And I want you to see, don't miss what God is saying here. He's talking about those who listened to the false prophets. And, their, and believed their false message. They will be held responsible. For rejecting the words of the true prophets. They will be held responsible for rejecting the truth. Those who believed the lie. They don't get a pass just because they listen to a false teacher. They they aren't innocent in God's eyes just because they listen to a false prophet. They'll face judgment. You know, they, they have the truth. They chose to ignore the truth. And believe the lies of the false teachers. It sounded better to them. Remember in Isaiah. They said to Isaiah. Hey don't, don't tell us right things. Tell us smooth things. Tell us the things we want to hear. Don't tell us the things we need to hear. And the, the people that, that liked what the false, false teachers and the false prophets were saying. And said I want to go with that. Not with Jeremiah saying. I don't like what Jeremiah is saying. All that fire and brimstone type stuff. I'm going to go with this. This one, he's saying, this is, God's going to give me peace in my life. That's the one I like. He says, they're going to be judged. They're going to be judged. He says, they'll be cast out into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. What they believed, and, I, and this is important, what they believed to be true was that there would be no judgment. They believed because their teachers told them that there would be no sword and no famine and no judgment for their sin, only peace and security. That was their truth. That was their truth. That's what they believed. That's what they sincerely believed. But their truth wasn't the truth. 
And they're going to be judged based on the truth and what they sincerely believed was wrong. We live in a time and we live in a day when people believe that truth is relative and all beliefs are equal. And what you believe is what you believe and what I believe is what I believe and what your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And they're both equal. Everyone's truth is equal. But what we see here in Jeremiah is it's important that you believe the right truth, that there is a right and there is a wrong and what you believe matters. And when it comes to the judgment of God, a person is not exempt from judgment because they believe the wrong thing. They believe the wrong truth. People of Judah believed the wrong thing. And they were judged for it. You know, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father but through me. And someone can say, but I don't believe that Jesus is the only way to God. I believe there's many ways to God, or I believe that this is the way to God and not Jesus. And what they believe is wrong. And they're going to be judged according to the word of God, according to the truth of God, not based on what they believe. You know, God's not going to judge on a scale of any kind. There's not going to be any kind of pass given just because you believe the wrong thing. He's going to judge according to the truth of his word. And look at verse 16 again. Famine and the sword will come upon Jerusalem. The very thing the false prophets said would never come, will come. And they will have no one to bury them. And this is, this is kind of hard for us to, to comprehend just how horrific things will be in Jerusalem when the Babylonians invade and they attack the city They're going to surround the city. They're going to cut off the food supply. They're just going to starve the people out and just wait them out before they actually go into the city. And things will be so horrific in the city of Jerusalem. And so many people will die as a result of the Babylonian attack and the judgment of God. Uh, They will not be able to bury their dead. Not even, it says, if you look, it says not even their wives, right? Their sons, their daughters. I mean, how, how gut-wrenching is this? We can't even imagine. To just leave your, 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 your loved ones dead uh, in the street. I remember listening to uh, a biography a few years ago about Adoniram Judson. Uh, and Adoniram Judson was a missionary in the 1800s to Burma from, from the United States. And when he and his wife were traveling to Burma by ship, Uh, with their infant child to become missionaries. Uh, Their infant child became sick at sea, and their infant child died. Uh, And their only option was to drop the baby's body over the side of the ship. And so it tells the story of Adoniram Judson and his wife standing at the bow of the ship and just dropping their infant child's body over the side of the ship, because that was their only choice. I can't, I can't even comprehend. I can't even begin to think of the, the, the pain that they must have experienced doing that. You know, later on, Adoniram Judson's wife became sick when they were on the mission field, and he tried to uh, take her back to the United States by ship, and when they were off the coast of Africa, his wife died on the ship. He asked- 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes Rings true.